Thanks for tuning in to Late Night Cage Fight, the best Nicolas Cage comedy podcast in the Cageverse, where we simply refuse to separate the actor from any of his roles. I'm Cage Fighter Reese with Cage Fighters Steve and Sean, and we're ranking all of Nick Cage's films to decide the ultimate winners to be enshrined in our B Cage of Fame. Our previous season winners are Vampires Kiss and Birdie. Tonight we will be battling two 90s comedies from Cage's Golden Age of Cage, Guarding Tess and It Could Happen to You. We're going to discuss both of these movies where Cage is forbidden any Cage outs and actually forced to act on set. Uh, keep listening to hear just what makes these movies a necessary part of the Cage verse. Cage Fighter Steve, in one word, what makes these movies a necessary part of the cage verse? Cage. That's right, cage. That's what, if you, if you like listening to us talk about these modern day classics, well, we've got more classics coming up in the roster. We've got Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, yes, Face Off. Are wait, are you naming wrestlers? No, no, I'm just naming movies. You know, in our oh. universe, movies are kind of like wrestlers. Okay, I just, just like. Just like Nicolas Cage is his roles. City of Angels, Snake Eyes, 8mm, and Bringing Out the Dead. That's what I've got on my list here. You can always find us on Facebook, Late Night Cage Fight, or our website, NickCageFight.com, where we host all of our episodes, including our continuing Cageless series, where we talk about movies Cage isn't in for our own mental health. This is Late Night Cage Fight. We're going to talk about these amazing movies. But first, let's go around the cage and catch up. What's new with you guys? All right, Steve, let, let's hear about Invincible. Let's hear about it. I So I was watching it actually alongside uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, but uh, Invincible went on a, a couple episodes longer. So it uh, just ended last week. The whole thing? Well, the first season, anyways. All right. So it's based off of an old, well, not old, uh, it's based off a comic series in the Image universe. Does that sound right, oh. Sean? Yeah. I didn't realize that was Image. I had yeah. actually never heard of it before the, the show, so. I, mm. I hadn't either. Yeah, um, I was doing a little bit of like light reading actually earlier this week because this first season ended and I'm really, really into it. So I, I for me, it's got like this weird vibe where it's like, nostalgic of uh of young justice and like those kind of shows and like teen titans mm-hmm. you know like the the prime of like the i guess new gen animated shows yeah but it's for um, adults you said yeah it's very very adult oriented um so is it is it i i'm guessing violent is there sex but in it goes it? back well, yeah yes yes all okay. um sex violence uh Language, all sorts of language, um, hentai. A little bit, I believe there was at least one tentacle monster. All right. So what yeah, did you think of just, it? 
I it's all round. I think it's really good. It was just like I said, it was a mixture of like the good old style, like Young Justice kind of animation and feel yeah. from a lot of the characters and interactions. It had a lot of like feel of like the boys. Um, oh, okay, I love just, the boys. Yeah, so it was just some of the really unexpected kind of things that just happen. Um, but a pretty good overall storyline too that still as much as you think that you know what's going on mm-hmm. you suddenly are changed yeah so it's got some mature themes and some nice twists and stuff in the story yeah and then reading up the, there's a lot of uh, elements of the comic it's been running for quite a while so uh, I think that there's a lot of material to pull from as well that's really cool you know you've been talking about this show and you gave no indication that this was an animated series. So when I looked it up, I was really surprised to see that it's animated. Yeah, yeah, I realized that um, whenever you <laughs> texted me earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll check out Invincible then, Sean, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, I'm definitely interested in uh, giving that a watch. Awesome. So what's new in in the uh, the Shawniverse? So I'm I'm kind of going down a kaiju rabbit hole. Um, awesome. After uh, Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong, it got me in the mood to just start watching some old kaiju movies. So I. I started uh, watching some of the old Gamera films on Blu-ray, uh-huh. and then I picked up. Uh, there's this box set that the Criterion Collection did that has all 15 Showa era Godzilla films That's uh, right. on Blu-ray, and I've just been binge watching those basically. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm a little bit more than halfway. Uh, Mm-hmm. I just started watching Godzilla versus Hedera. Oh uh, yeah, Hedera is the sludge monster, right? Yeah. Whenever I see that vinyl toy for sale here in Japan, it's always expensive. Mm-hmm. Hedera is <laughs> like a really trendy toy to have. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Myself, I've always been quite partial to uh, Gigan. He, does he have the spikes? Yeah, he has like the curved spikes and like the cybernetic uh, visor type thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. First of all, I did finish watching Demon Slayer on Netflix because that's all the rage here, of course. That The last movie. Demon Slayer Mugen Train, I believe is what it's called. I haven't seen that yet, but that's like the highest grossing movie in Japan now. Wow. That was the that was one of the highest grossing films in the box office in America. Isn't that wild? This year. Yeah. And do you wow. think do you think the majority of moviegoers who went to see that watched the series? Probably. Yeah. Did Especially you, did, since it was on Netflix. Did you see the movie? I didn't see the movie. Um I've still been kind of hesitant to go... Yeah, go out. ...to the theater. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I wasn't... Think, uh, you know, I had seen some clips from the movie. 
I think, some pieces of the trailer, but I didn't want to watch too much because I was watching the series, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even know where it fell in the series. I didn't know if it was, like, way after or during the events of the, of the show or what, um, until I finished the series, and now I can see that it picks up where the series ended. Yeah, they lead right into it. I think there, from what I remember, there was a teaser at the end. Yeah. Yeah, but Steve, I, I highly recommend it. I know it would be a show if we were kids and this was coming out, we'd be all up in it. I feel like I've seen like advertisements for it and I've always thought like, man, I really want to watch this. It just I haven't yeah. started it yet. I know as soon as I do, I'm gonna get hooked. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's a really, really interesting series. Like I didn't really think much of it when I first heard of it because I was just like, oh, Demon Slayer, like... Right, yeah. It, yeah. it just sounds Haven't like Haven't heard a, that before. Yeah, but... Like and it's a 64. shonen jump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, a, it's a shonen jump series, but, like, it has a lot of uh, horror overtones to it, which is something really unique to weekly shonen jump like their stuff tends to be a lot more lighthearted usually but this series just has this kind of like sense of dread to it like the demons that uh you know tanjiro fights are pretty intimidating and there's really a sense of really a a, a sense of uh gravity and stakes to uh, what's happening. Other thing I want to say, do you guys have anything else on uh, Demon Sluts? No. Alright. I have to tell you guys this as well. Um, there is a book publisher called Third Edition. There's anime spider titties too. There is a book publisher called Third Editions and they... They write almost kind of scholarly books about Japanese video games specifically. And they're, they're really well known for their Final Fantasy series. They had a, a hardcover release for 6, 7, 8, and now 9. And in the, the newest one is 9. Final Fantasy 9. Basically, the, the, the story about the production of the game and also the plot of the game. It's, it's basically like an insider's guide to the entire game. And uh, I did the Kickstarter, and I actually... I got the book dedicated to my grandparents. So if you buy that book and open it up, their names are in it for the dedication. So check that out. Nice. Grab a copy. Steve, you can get yeah. a copy from my grandmother, because I, I sent her a few. Okay. So that was something I wanted to do for them. If she leaves it out in the farmhouse, it's pretty much mine anyway, so... Thanks. <laughs> Anything that's left at the farmhouse that's mine, Sean, Steve yeah. steals. Yeah. We ready? Are we ready to talk about guarding Tess? No. No. First, uh -oh. I have some news for you guys. Oh my god, I skipped you, Steve. I, I did. know. Wait a minute. Because I you're could... so used to me not having news. So, with the upcoming Joe Exotic series, Joe is actually trying to get into direct contact with our boy Nick to ensure that his level of crazy is just right. He's in jail. 
Yeah, because right. he's in jail. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Does this be a match made in heaven? Or is this just the advice that will lead Cade down the path to make Daniel Tiger into a bloodbath? Daniel Tiger. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They have Twitter in jail. Um, yeah, he's he's made sure to keep a prize as to what. Um, mm. So there's, Nick's not the only one, right? There's another adaptation of uh, his character. I don't know. Somebody else is doing, right? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to anything that's not Nick. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently yeah. both of these actors he's trying to get into contact with because he wants to make sure that uh, they do him justice. Yeah, because if they do it just right, he may get his sentence commuted. Mm-hmm. Right? They may let him out. That's right. That's right. And then he'll finally be able to take care of that bitch, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? So I saved the, the uh, better piece of news. All right. Um, so you guys are familiar with the, the Godzilla vs. Kong movie? Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen are it you, yet. Uh, familiar with the, uh, the director, Adam Wingard? I'm not. Unfortunately. So he yeah. is actually... Oh, I'm sorry. I very much don't like that man because he made the terrible Netflix Death Note movie, which harmed me personally in That's my true. soul. Shall we begin? That's true. No. But he's trying to make a comeback for that. He is working on developing a face-off 2. With that Nick. Guy? With Nick? With, with Nick and Travolta. Oh my god. I hope I'm here for that. Yeah. Is it part of the monster verse? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get uh, kaiju sized uh, Nick and John Travolta? That would in be Hong awesome. Kong? Who knows? Let's do it. I mean, you got to think it's the proper evolution, right? You go from Death Note to Godzilla versus Kong yeah. to face off to Nick Cage. I mean, the ladder of success. I think Cage would love to be in a kaiju movie. Yeah. He probably... Yeah, he actually probably would. He probably auditioned for uh, Brian Cranston's role in the last one, the last Godzilla movie. But he's, you know, Brian Cranston, he's hard to beat. Yeah. That guy's an actor. That's all my news. That's all my news for today. Thank you for those uh, updates. There's uh, some other little things, but Nick's not being too adventurous right now. Uh-huh. When you say things like that, that really makes me believe that you've got a, a solid eye on Cage. Well, yeah, I mean... A sharp eye on Cage. Eye on him. Yeah, he's the just... cage eye in the sky. He, he's not really getting out of the house much, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He's he's too busy uh, consummating his marriage. That's right. That's right. Three times a day. After a lifetime in the public eye, former First Lady Tess Carlisle retired to her Ohio home. But she did not go quietly. What do we look like? Waiters? Are we a bunch of waiters? Just ask the Secret Service agent. I can't do three more years of this. Guarding Tess. We are going to the opera in Columbus. Mrs. Carlisle, that emergency alarm is the beauty. That alarm belongs to me, and I will use it by God any time I see fit. I wish she these days. What's she like? I guess you could say she's several different personalities in one. Well, one of her personalities called the White House last night and asked the president if he could arrange for you to stay on with him. 
the president. We are not leaving this house until you are seated properly with your seatbelt firmly fastened. It's the worst assignment there is. I need a price check in Lesore baby peas. They're on special today, two for 59. Copy that, Doug, but I believe we've lost interest in peas. Repeat, lost interest in peas. Do you be kind enough to get my ball? I'm a Secret Service agent, Mrs. Carlisle. Not a caddy. I told her. You want that ball, you go find it yourself. Come on. What are you, crazy? I'd be very careful if I were you, agent. Doug, telephone. Please hold for the president. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, and you? Well, I'm not too good. I'm having a damn test Carlisle problem. Maybe you and I know what a pain in the butt she is, but this one is a national treasure. I wouldn't tick her off. A couple of more phone calls to the White House and you'll be... Guarding my dog. You understand what I'm saying? Go. Doug! Doug, she took off! Tell them they're just out joyriding again. It's not a problem. Seven well-trained, heavily armed men can't take care of one little old lady. Damn! You should have a martini. You should, better yet, give a tired old widow a break. Shirley MacLaine. With all due respect, why me? Because I like you, Douglas. Please hold for the president. Nicholas Cage. I don't get it myself. One day she calls me, says she can't live without you. Next day she's calling almost in tears. You know, maybe you two have some kind of sicko thing going on. No, 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 sir, no, sir. Guarding Tess. Guarding Tess is a 1994 American comedy drama film starring Shirley MacLaine and Nicolas Cage, directed by Hugh Wilson. MacLaine is a fictional former first lady protected by an entourage of Secret Service agents led by one she continually exasperates, Nick Cage. The film is set in Summersville, Ohio, and never lets you forget it. My God, there's so many Ohio things in this movie. Uh, It was nominated for, she was nominated for a Golden Globe Award in 1995, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture. Had a $20 million budget and made $27 million. And now it's time for The Nick List. Nick Cage plays by-the-book elite Secret Service agent Doug Chesnick on security detail for a deceased president's widow, Tess, who treats him like a little bitch. He's my chauffeur. And he's saying! Nick Cage tells the elder first lady he's a fan of Mr. Ed. It's at least better than opera. Ugh. But, like, have you seen an opera? Nick Cage has to apologize to the current president on the phone a few times for pissing off Tess even if he's on the toilet. I'm sorry, sir. After Nick Cage gets shit on for not doing his job and repeatedly pissing off Tess, he becomes her favorite. When Tess gets kidnapped, Secret Service agent Nick Cage isn't all that worried. When he does become worried and frustrated, he decides it's best to shoot a suspect in the foot. I'm going to count to five, and then I'm going to shoot one of your toes off. Nick Cage digs up Tess's buried corpse in an abandoned farmhouse. Oh, she's alive, thank God. She's saved, only for Nick Cage to realize he was the one who was trapped all along, and now that he's the hero, he will forever be enslaved to Tess for the rest of her life. That last part was a joke. But I mean, I figure he's going to be working for her now forever, right? It just got so real. It was so real, I couldn't handle it. Yeah? Yeah. 
the Nicholas. You probably will. No. That movie turned into Zero Dark Thirty real quick. Mm-hmm. I was waiting. I was waiting for it to become a. Uh, what's that? What's that movie with the three hundred guy? Um, Olympus. Three hundred. I was. I, I, I was waiting for it to become a Die Hard movie. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> waiting for anything. Yeah. What did you guys think? I mean, come on, Nick Cage was in this. He was he was the star. I know you loved it. He had, he had a, a good cage out. Which cage out? When he shoots the driver's foot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was probably the best scene. Let's be honest. I felt like Cage was forced to act in this. He did a good job. He played the role well. And uh, was probably told to, you know, tone it down a little bit. You do the safe picture, and then you do the art picture. This was the safe picture. I feel like he brought in the same energy that he brought to Vampire's Kiss. Okay. But but I feel like it's, it's exactly like you, you're saying. Whereas in Vampire's Kiss, they let him run wild. Mm-hmm. In this, he brought the same energy, but they leashed him. Yeah. And, and I think that helped the movie. At least for what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. It did make him feel very out of place in a lot of times, though. Even in mm-hmm. the calmer scenes, you could tell that he's like, he's holding back the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which I guess kind of can work to the character a little bit, but. I think it would be funny to compare the way he talks to. Shirley MacLaine, the elderly woman in this movie, versus the way he treats old people in Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> I, th- I think if if they uh, tweaked the the musical score a bit, mm-hmm. um, this movie would have a lot more uh, raw sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like the movie the its pacing suggests that it's moving in one direction and then kind of just it it flips everything too late into the movie you're just kind of flustered by um how quickly these events have changed the shift is just too wild and by that shift i mean we're like three-fourths into the movie right and she gets kidnapped for real I it was, it was that, really it was like if you take a, a normal like hour and a half movie this movie was like minute marker twenty to like minute marker hour and that was just they, that was the movie so this was this was pretty much my reaction to that whole scene at the lake mm-hmm. just just to recap you know she requests that she wants to go. Uh, what was it? She was painting in front of the lake, and yeah. Nick's character was the only one that she wanted to come. So it was, it was Nick, Tess, and the driver. Right. And Tess falls asleep, and you get this really like touching scene of Nick like picking her up and putting her in the car. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh shit. The driver was a sleeper agent the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's amusing because she 
she had engineered her own escape with the driver earlier in the movie. So it's mm-hmm. easy to assume that she's just doing that again. It's her idea to escape. And of course, Nick Cage, his character, I think automatically assumes that that's what happened and uh, it will quickly be resolved. It's a little too late, right? When he starts to realize that, oh shit, she may have actually been taken hostage. So on the whole hostage note thing, I mean, just to put this into like reality a little bit more, the drivers, the, the, the personal chauffeur of like, what, a number of years yeah. um, to the former first lady, his siblings, mm-hmm. his sister, I, I believe, and her husband, yeah. who both live close enough. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is Ohio. They live in a camper out in the middle of nowhere. They're they're inbred <laughs> drug addict hillbillies, <laughs> and yet, yeah. I mean, how did he ever get through any clearance to be the personal chauffeur for the first lady? Yeah, and and Nick accuses him throughout the whole movie, right? Yeah, and fires him at one point, which just goes to show that he knew what was going on all along. Yeah, it was like uh, Murder, She Wrote with Nicolas Cage. That's what I thought. I did think this was a romance movie at a few points, though. Yeah, between between Nicolas Cage and Shirley MacLaine? Yeah. Yeah, I think it approaches that. Yeah, I actually, that's what I'm saying when when I say it's like minute marker 20 to like an hour. That was like the big romantic scene where like... Mm they realized that they didn't need to fight and they actually did have feelings for each other. So, like, after Mm -hmm. that, they went back to the house and, you know, finally (laughs) (laughs) moved on to the climax portion. Do you think this movie was made for older people who fantasize about having relationships with younger people? With Nicolas Cage? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Then. I would love to party with Nicolas Cage. Me too. Every day. Every day. This movie just reminded me of uh, a subplot in The Boys when one of the main characters is uh, gets in trouble and gets sent to uh, an assignment in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Ohio is just the go-to place for shitty assignments. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that's our state motto, right? Welcome to Ohio. Now you're stuck in Ohio. Mm-hmm. See, Ohio's not that bad, though. I mean... Right. Says I, someone I that was be, trapped there be, for how long? I'm not going to be cliche here and crap on Michigan, but when you're coming to Ohio from Michigan, the road, unless they've fixed it oh, in yeah. the last no, four it, years, it hasn't been. the road is not even a road. It's just... Yeah. It's just pavement cracked pavement and then right when it hits you know welcome to ohio it becomes a road (laughs) we still laugh about that because my wife always falls asleep whenever we go to the like the markets in michigan she'll Mm -hmm. fall asleep in the car and then like suddenly the car will start she'll wake up she'll be like we're in michigan now aren't we i'm like yep (laughs) they they actually fixed it uh with the tax money from the the legal marijuana Oh, perfect. That's true. They got that going on. Come on, Ohio. 
Did you see how many <clears throat> how many Ohio appearances are in this movie? There's the Ohio lottery at the gas station. There's a Ohio map on the wall in the kitchen. Ohio is all over. Yeah. Represent. <laughs> yeah. Go Buckeyes. I'm surprised we didn't hear that. Go Buckeyes. I also thought it was funny how when uh, Nick Cage's character, Doug, he calls the local police the first time she's gone of her own accord because she's hijacked mm-hmm. herself. He calls the police and they all have a southern accent. A lot of people in Ohio do, especially southeastern Ohio, but it's just, it's funny to me, you know, set in Ohio. So, yeah, we're out in the country in Ohio, so we've all got a southern accent up here. Where's Summersville? Is it real? I've never heard of it. Isn't it? I guess we should have looked it up. Yeah, I just. I think they said it was. Didn't they say it was near Columbus? Well, I Dude. think she went to Columbus for an event, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it would make sense to be near Columbus. Yeah. It's next to the cornfield. Can we talk about Shirley MacLaine? I thought she didn't look that old. Really. I thought that she... You know, if they had changed her hairstyle, she would look a lot younger. But maybe that's just because we're getting older. I don't know. She's too old for Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somerville is actually north of Cincinnati. It's like between Cincinnati and Dayton. Oh, is it? The population was 281 at the 2010 census. Mm. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Why the, uh, when she goes the, to the grocery store. Yeah. When she goes to the grocery store, everyone, everyone was just like, oh, just act natural. Yeah. Just want to be seen. I do feel like we kind of had a moonstruck situation where the female lead upstaged Nick. You know, she was she was very strong and powerful in her performance. Um, but I think because of that, it made Nick look a little weaker. And so he should have stepped up and maybe, maybe did a little bit of elder abuse to even it out. That's a joke, all right? I, I was I read just on seriously considering IMDb it. that uh, they they had to cut out the part with the strap on uh, to get the the PG thirteen rating. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's there's probably like a unrated cut of Garden yeah. Tess. I, I think that's supposed to be in the in the Criterion uh, cut of the film. Yeah. Man, I can tell. It was actually originally I, grinding. <laughs> I can I can just see it in your faces how amped you guys are to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's, well, it's Nicholas Cage is a secret agent, right? And he he's forced to guard this lady, and this lady keeps fucking running off and acting no, like, no, like the whole thing. It was just so I, nothing happened. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It was a, yeah. It was a good. I think there were like some good jabs, you know. It was like if if it wanted to be a better movie, there are two things that needed to happen, in my opinion. Number one, (laughs) plot substance. Okay, two options. One plot. Yeah, but they could have kept with the same kind of vibe, and instead of having the she gets kidnapped and we have like a real mystery, 
um, it's more about those characters and their relationship and maybe figuring out who they are as characters. Right. More of that. Like, oh, maybe it is okay for me to date older women. And, uh, <laughs> or closing up literally any of the holes. I mean, there's all yeah. of this relevance to like her husband and, and, you know, these people that served at this time and like her connection, her lack of family, you know, mm-hmm. none of these things ever truly get like addressed. Yeah. One, one of the best scenes is actually with Shirley MacLaine and her son who comes to visit. Mm-hmm. I thought it's a very, very short. Her son comes to visit and she's excited to see him she hasn't seen him in so long but he's all this 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 whole reason for meeting is he's trying to convince her to give him money for some kind of business project and you can mm-hmm. just see the disappointment in her eyes yeah and i was like yeah this is great this is a great piece of acting right here this could have been the whole movie really <laughs> just put shirley mclean yeah. and you know and, and and her scenes with nick were all right but you could just I believe I could see Nick Cage you could see Nick Cage was being limited. Yeah. You know, he I could see in his in his eyes he wanted to come out and come alive. He wanted to become the Nicolas Cage of Mandy. But instead he had this this is a movie for older people. So yeah. he did not have the battle axe available. No. Although Nick and Nick and Shirley MacLaine, they did become really great friends throughout this, throughout the filming. Though. Did they? Well, let, let's wait yeah. a minute. Let's wait a minute for that because I want to finish because I said there was a, there were two ways to make this movie better. Oh, okay. The second way would be if it became like a diehard movie from the very beginning, and <sighs> she basically is like, Nick, I'm gonna kidnap myself, and there's nothing you're gonna do about it, little boy. And so she <laughs> hires terrorists to kidnap her, and they have to fucking fight off a. a a terrorist military, you know, an armed, With cigarette lighters. An armed unit. Yeah. That, that dude, that, that was just the first thing she says, she's been stuck in a hole for, I don't know how many days right underground. And they dig her <laughs> Nick cage digs her up and gets in the helicopter. <laughs> and as she says, how long did it take you to figure out the cigarette burns? <laughs> Cause I'm a murder mystery writer. Yeah. <laughs> What are what like a roundabout way to kill somebody though? You're gonna you're gonna get like a lost style hatch and mm-hmm. just like put her in it. Uh, you put you put in the numbers the four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two, you know, and then you and then you just bury it <laughs> and, and you know you. And then yeah. you just like sit in a rocking chair and just like chew tobacco and yeah. Maybe that was it. They just got done watching Lost. That's how we're gonna yeah. do it, honey. We're gonna get that first lady. Well, okay, all right, Steve. Tell us. I want to know. I don't know anything about the behind the scenes, and I'm really excited because, you know, you told me about Cher, and then well, we know we know Nick's past with his other coworkers it has been kind of rocky. Uh, Valley Girl, right? That that was a difficult relationship. Also, there was Peggy Sue got married with that lead actress. That turned into a lawsuit eventually. So let, let's hear about Shirley MacLaine and Nicolas Cage. What can you tell us? Well, they actually became great friends. They did have sex. Their <laughs> with animals. Um, <laughs> what? 
They actually adopted, co-adopted many animals together. They had a ferret named Whiskers and a zebra named Mr. Zed. All right. Apparently adopted together. I don't really know what that means. This is a a celebrity thing, so don't worry about it. Just keep going. You'd understand if you were an actor, Steve. It's Republican shit. If I was important. Yeah. It's how they dodge taxes. So Shirley MacLaine never said anywhere, you know... Nick, stop talking that way. I don't like his accent. Can you make him a little... Can you please make Nick a little bit better of an actor here? None of that. No. That's good. That's good. It was awkward when they cut the sex scene, though. Have you guys seen Harold and Maude? A little after-dinner liqueur, Harold. Oh, uh, thank you. I don't drink. Oh, it's all right. It's organic. Uh, thanks. It has no nutritional value, but consistency is not really a human trait. I also thought of uh, Driving Miss Daisy came to mind when I was watching this. I thought that too, but I wasn't sure if, if that was racist. Obama! Okay. Any final thoughts on guarding Tess? Would you guys want to guard her? I thought I the movie... It. Uh, it needed to pick a lane. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like they didn't... It didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. It wasn't that funny of a comedy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that... That deep of a drama. And it... It was definitely... Uh, definitely was not a Tom Clancy film. Fair enough. I felt tensions building, but I never truly felt excited. Hmm. I'm I'm sensing you guys liked the next movie more, but I guess we'll find out. I I was more drawn into this one. Um, I did. I I was late for work on Friday because I wanted to know what happened. Right. I mean, obviously, it ends with this. The last part of the movie has this kind of mystery cliffhanger type situation. So, you know, I need to know. I need to know. Is she alive or what? She did. She did. Um, the music's nice, but it's just over the top. I think that orchestral soundtrack, the symphonic music, it's it's just loud, and you can't even hear the dialogue at times because they're making the music so overbearing. And I think they did that because, again, this movie's for older audiences. I believe you know it's trying to get those, trying to touch those heartstrings of the the older audiences. <laughs> Go after the Bob Evans crowd, if you catch my <laughs> Yeah, drift. this is a Bob Evans movie. Bob Evans crowd movie. Very good, Sean. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. This is Reese from Late Night Cage Fight. I want to thank you for tuning in to our Nick Cage podcast. I also want to mention some of our other friends who are doing some great things right now outside the Cageverse. There is a wonderful Brady Bunch show called The Brady Bros. Three guys, Zach Walsh, an award-winning filmmaker and legally ordained minister, and his brother, John Walsh, and David Konigsberg are hosting this amazing watch-all of The Brady Bunch Media in chronological order and discussing each installment on a weekly basis. This includes the Saturday morning cartoon The Brady Kids, The Brady Bunch Variety Hour, the hour-long drama The Brady's, the movies, both theatrical and otherwise, 
and just everything Brady Bunch. It will probably take them years, just like it's taking us years to watch all of the Nick Cage movies. And, you know, that's what makes us family, right? Their show is honestly perfect for everyone, even people who have never seen the Brady Bunch, uh, people who hate the Brady Bunch, and people who, I guess, are fans of the entire Brady empire, if you're out there somewhere. They're about halfway through their very first season, and this podcast is produced by the DC-based theater company Any Stage. You can find The Brady Bros on Apple Podcasts, also Spotify. Just Google The Brady Bros Podcast. I'll also include a link in the description of this episode. The other podcast I want to mention is called Kapow, the pop-cultured podcast hosted by Jordan Lowe and friends. Kapow, the pop-cultured podcast, is a lively podcast discussion about comics, television, film, and everything else making waves inside fan culture. You may recall we did have Jordan as a guest on Late Night Cage Fight discussing WandaVision and giving us his expert comic book insight. So go ahead and check that episode out. And if you'd like to listen to Kapow, uh, you can find them at kapow.podbean.com. Again, that's Kapow, the pop cultured podcast. Finally, if you haven't seen on Facebook, we have new stickers. And we're going to tell you how you can get your very own Late Night Cage Fight Square sticker for free. And you can go ahead and just skip to the end of this episode if you want to find out more. And now we're going to discuss our second movie of this episode, It Could Happen to You. Well, the lotto jackpot has grown to over $64 million. It all started with a lottery ticket. You got the numbers wrong! Wrong? An honest cop. And a waitress. Probably you've had good luck your entire life, which is the opposite of me. In the middle of a very bad day. You just don't have enough for a tip. I'll live. Lottery ticket? If this ticket wins, I'll come back tomorrow and split the proceeds. And if it doesn't, I'll still come back and leave you a tip. What do you think? I think I'm never going to see you again. What happened next? 64. It's beyond their wildest dreams. I've got something to tell you. This is a story of money. Why don't you stop at half? Why don't you just give her all the money? Would you get off my foot? The things it can buy. Just a quick stop at Tiffany's, darling, and I'll be born again. And the one thing... You're doing great! It can't. Oh, no. TriStar Pictures presents... It's nice to meet somebody who you can just talk with, you know, and hang with. This lottery thing, it's from one day to the next, it's like you become this other person. Ladies and gentlemen, I just won the lottery, and tonight's ride home is on me and Miss Yvonne Biazzi. To put you in a straight jacket and take you to the loony bin. Nicholas Cage. It's like we're on two different channels now. I'm CNN, and she's the home shopping network. Bridget Fonda. It's like a fairy tale. Rosie Perez. Woman with the heart of gold. It could happen to you. Let's talk about It Could Happen to You, but God, I hope not, with The Nick. Nick. 
list. Nick Cage is now a good cop named Charlie living in Queens without a New York accent. And his life is narrated by Isaac Hayes. That is awesome. Nick Cage is married to his high school sweetheart who lives with him in Queens and has the worst, most over-the-top Puerto Rican accent ever. Am I right? The fact is, is that I specifically told you our anniversary. And to anybody who has any sense in their head, that means that they think I'm happy. Oh, is that what it was? I thought she was supposed to be like a Jersey girl. I'm pretty sure Puerto Rican. Oh, because I From always experience. see like, well, no, like Boston girls. That's what it is. Sorry. Like the... Oof, no. No, no, I mean, they 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 live Boston's in Queens. The worst. There's just a lot of Puerto Ricans. She's it, it's is a that Puerto a, Rican. Okay. okay. Nick Cage is a good cop. He plays stickball with the neighborhood kids. Can you tell he's a good cop? Gosh, at the cafe, he flirts with the waitress Yvonne, played by Bridget Fonda, who's having a bad day. I mean, she can't even afford to get a divorce or macadamia nuts. But uh oh. He doesn't have cash for a tip, so he promises her half his winnings if he wins the lottery. <laughs> like, he's actually gonna win the lottery, right? We return sports with <laughs> That's unbelievable! Nick Cage realizes maybe winning $4 million in the lottery isn't all that great. People get jealous, and they treat you differently. Oh well, time to be Batman and save the Korean grocery store from armed robbers. He takes one of them out with a can of beans and tackles the other one through the glass door. But he can't rollerblade. In fact, later in the movie, he loses his balance and rollerblades into a pond. What? Nick Cage conveniently misses the boat his wife is on for their millionaire party. So instead, he goes on a date with Yvonne. Nick Cage tells his wife she doesn't need to get her boobs done. You don't need to get your boobs done. I like you for you. But after she becomes a millionaire, she gets her boobs done. You had them done. Had what done? Can we proceed, please? What you have done? Uh, Nick Cage's wife divorces him, sues him for everything, and wins. I really hope this isn't prophetic. Nick Cage's ex-wife convinces the jury she is owed the money because her deceased father came to her in a dream with the winning numbers. Really, really convincing. Nick Cage meets Bridget Fonda at the super fancy hotel by accident, and they finally hook up with Isaac Hayes narrating, of course. He cares a lot about kids, but he also loves the ladies. Nick Cage and Yvonne are both broke but in love, so they decide to move to Buffalo and be miserable together. When they stop at her store, they discover that they accidentally started GoFundMe before the internet and made over half a million dollars in pity money. Holla! <laughs> Nick is just is just the goodest the goodest noodle he is the best the best he's the best boy the best the best best good noodle uh the bestest cop uh, he is a good boy not all cops what what <laughs> it could happen to you it's a 1994 american romantic comedy drama film starring nicholas cage and bridget fonda it is the story of new york city police officer nick cage 
who wins the lottery and splits his winnings with a waitress. Apparently, this this premise was inspired by a real-life incident. Isaac Hayes has a role as an undercover reporter and photographer, Angel Dupree, while also being the film's narrator. It's also a uh, an ad for the New York Post. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Uh, they're a very pivotal uh, part of the plot. Should we? T- yeah, which- dude. Isaac Hayes. So you just think he's some New Yorker this whole time who's just been watching them. You know, he's been kind of... <laughs> right? <laughs> they i think that they were they were uh trying to make you think that it was like god because because he's just just like oh my name's at some point dude dude, the end the end when he's 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 in the window he's like i'm hungry you know i'm hungry let me in i'm like you guys are really gonna let this dude inside I thought he was going to kill him. I thought that was going to be it. He was going to, like, <laughs> knock on the window. He's going to come in, and he was going to kill them both there, and that was how the movie was going to end. How? Yeah. He he basically has, like, a like a spy camera, though. I mean, how, how, how much would that cost back then? Right? Like, yeah. he's just a freelance reporter for the New York Post. Post. Yeah, oh, man. It's not. It's not even like a real, like a real uh, publication. Right. It's like a this rag. This is the fucking. This is the tabloid that that was trying to spread the shit about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, that's how they found out with their little pinhole camera. Yeah, Angel. Yeah, he <laughs> broke the story. Dude, in that wig, so, that wig he was wearing with the curly <laughs> hair, right? Yeah. Yep. It was the it was the uh dude, it was the um the Dave Chappelle uh Rick James. It oh, was the yeah, Rick, yeah. it was the Rick James wig. He look he looks just like the one of the new characters that they released set photos of for the Game of Thrones spin-off. There you go. There look you it go. up. So yeah, what did you guys think of this? What 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 was your opinion of this uh this love story? This romance. My favorite character was actually uh, uh, Kenan's older brother. You know, his uh, partner. What? Who? Nick's partner. His partner. Oh. Yeah, Kenan's older brother. Battlestar? <laughs> Battlestar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. That guy was just a one-dimensional... Yeah. But he was he was great because throughout the whole like right in the beginning of the movie he's like Nick you're such a good guy yeah. you're such a good guy yeah. check out that waitress over there you want to <laughs> yeah. hit that don't you <laughs> yeah buddy yeah Actually, get you some of that my favorite scene in the movie is with him in it and it's uh, when uh-huh. the the Korean store is getting robbed and Nick you know he he can sense that it's getting robbed right he can just tell yeah so he comes out. His good he boy walks sense. out nonchalantly yeah. and says to his partner, that guy, he says, your favorite Korean's getting robbed. And the guy's like, how do you know? He said his wife has the flu. That bitch would work if she's dead. And he gave me the <laughs> coffee for free. Shit, they are getting robbed. How you want to play it? <laughs> First he tells me his wife has the flu. Oh, man, that bitch would work if she was dead. And he gives me the coffee for free. Shit. He is getting robbed. How do you want to play it? Best lines in the movie right there. And that, that whole sequence is just absolutely ridiculous, by the way. 
This is after. But he did though. This this friend this friend tried to convince him numerous times to cheat on his wife. Yeah. Before anything ever happened. So he was constantly trying to get him to hook up yeah, with her. Yeah, he was he was uh right. I mean, well, it's because he knew they were meant to be or it's because he knew she was a, you know, pretty little thing. Yeah. yeah. Yvonne, congratulations on winning. Thank you. My name is Paul and I'd like you to spank my tushy with a wire brush. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess. Maybe he was the mastermind. Maybe it was Isaac Hayes and this cop working together to just ruin... He was. They were probably trying to get the money. Everybody in this movie is yeah. trying to get the money. Yeah. I think it was actually a, a Scientologist scheme to try to take the the four million dollars for the for the church. Yeah. Totally. Could be. For for all I know. I don't know anything. And I watched this whole movie. Man. Yeah, Nick Cage, he's a good cop. He's a good cop and, and what happens is he's at he's at this diner and he's kind of flirty with the waitress, Yvonne. But then they get a call, they gotta leave. He doesn't have cash, right? He can't tip her. So he says he's bought this this lottery ticket and he tells her Whatever earnings I get, if I win, I'll give you half. And turns out they win $4 million. And we have to listen to his wife squeal. I did not buy. There is no way. There's no way he has been married to her for 10 years. I'm sorry. You know, she, she has cheated on him so <laughs> many times. Oh, man. It's, it's like, you know... Cage's character is so wholesome, and her character is so drastically vain. It's yeah. almost... I think Nick is actually reprising his role from uh, Red Rock West oh, yeah? as, the, as, the, as the good noodle boy. Uh, doesn't is, tell yeah, a lie, yeah. only, only go, does good deeds. Uh, I have a history of playing the good boy. If you saw Red Rock West. This is the prequel. The prequel? <laughs> so yeah. so this is the... everything must go to shit then after he gets with Bridget yeah. Fonda. If he's got to yeah. move out west, right? Yeah. He loses. He, he, him and his wife get divorced. She takes all of the money. Yeah. And then what you don't see is after the end of the movie, Fonda's like, well, she divorced him and took all the money from the pity. Go fuck me. <laughs> Oh, the movie wasn't and over. when he tried to get it back, she busted up his leg, and that's how he had a bad leg and Red yeah. Rock West. And, and a bad arm, because he got shot in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they say, at least. You don't see it. His partner's just like, man, you got shot! And then in the next scene, he's got a sling. So, oh, I guess he got shot! He kind of saw it. He had, he had like, some uh, red stuff on his, on his arm. He? Yeah. Oh. I thought that was the tomato sauce that he stole. He wouldn't steal. I know. I just He's I just want to know if his his character has taken life. If his character has taken life as a cop? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Has he has he watched the light go out of somebody's eye? How how can uh, how can he be how can he be so clean? So cleanly wholesome as a cop in Queens, New York City, for so long. Yeah, I mean, how well, is it even possible to? I, I, too, yeah, right? I think that eventually they would just kick him out, kick him off the force. You know. Yeah. Look, I can't tase him. 
I can't tase him. He's a good man. <laughs> Frank. And then his partner gets killed. So for me, I, I watched this movie first and then I watched Guarding Tess. Yeah. Um, which made the final line of Guarding Tess much more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. When she said, uh, so you finally got to shoot somebody. <laughs> that's true wow you did it correctly yeah (laughs) all right anything else any behind the scenes i mean i don't know what else to say about it you know it's it's a romantic somewhat comedy drama bridget fonda's character yvonne um i thought she played it pretty well it's it's her ex-husband is really rapey. Yeah, this slime ball. Just gonna just gonna throw that out there. How did she end up with this guy, you know? Well, I mean, she kind of explains it. Um, what about the uh rich the old rich guy who hits on Nicolas Cage's wife? If if you look closely, uh that's actually the same character as the sheriff in Red Rock West. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I like it. You can you can tell how much we love these movies when we bring up the other movies more often. You know. <laughs> I, I I think that um the court case in this movie sets a, a very dangerous precedent in the uh the state uh legal system oh, uh, was... where 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 they can uh claim a spirit uh, was the <laughs> cause of a. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know if that hold yeah. up in, in well, court. Well, apparently it worked for for her. So. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, what happens is Nick wins four million dollars. He already told this waitress, Bridget Fonda, he'd share his winnings. He goes there to the to the diner and. Reveals to her that he's going to give her... Well, it kind of gives her the choice to choose without knowing that he actually won. He said, I can either give you a tip or I can give you, you know, what I won. She's like, well, give me what you won. I know it's nothing. Ends up being $2 million. So then they have this this sequence there where everybody's partying. They're cheering and you think it's it's going to turn into a musical or something. What? And her boss... Her boss was memorable. That guy. Kind of a, a douche. Every time she messed up, he would take it out of her paycheck, right? And then Charlie's wife, Muriel, is unhappy that he's giving half of their winnings away. And then he starts to have kind of more than a friendly relationship with Yvonne. And that all of that is then used by Muriel as ammo to divorce him and make Nolan and Void all of the winnings for them. That, that she should have full access to that money, sole access to it. She ends up winning, and then, you know, you think the moral of the story at the end is, well, love conquers all. It doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter as much as love. So, because they're going to move to Buffalo, Nicolas Cage and Bridget Fonda's character, Yvonne, and they're just going to elope and be poor, but happy because they're in love. But when they go back to the restaurant, they, they've gotten all of this money through the mail donated to them because they've become folk heroes. They've become 
pop culture icons now through this story, and people uh, just they love they, they love their affection for one another and think that they deserve to be rewarded for that, and it ends up being this really nice, touchy feely feeling in the end. Were you touched by it, Sean? I was I was just touched by uh, that the Rupert Murdoch empire could make that happen for, for yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Isaac with their Isaac Hayes, character's name's angel. So we could even call it touched by an angel. Uh, See, I, I think, I, th- I think they named him angel because they wanted you to think that he was an, an angel. Yeah. Right. But it was misdirection. Misdirection. So, I have two interesting uh, casting possibilities uh-huh. for this movie. Yeah. One is that the initial phase of this movie was actually titled The Two Million Dollar Hip, mm. and it was actually supposed to be starred by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of Nick Cage, but uh, he left to do Last Action Hero. Oh, man. Um, and left our boy Nick here to pick up yeah. what he left behind. So... But on the Yvonne side, it was uh, originally Madonna okay. before she turned it down. Yeah. She's like, I can't work with Nick. Bridget will do it. It was probably, well, it was still Schwarzenegger. If it had been Nick, nobody would have turned it down. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially in a role that is willing. Because if they're willing, Nick tends to be a little less rapey. What'd you think of a cage fighter, Sean? Were you into it? I thought for what it was, it was entertaining. Right. Uh, I did. I did think that when they lost the court case, I was just like, "Oh man, it, it's like you you made the wrong choices in a video game, and you get the bad ending." <laughs> but then it was okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's it. Could happen to you. You know, so you you do know this movie is based on a true story, right? Just from reading it right now, but I don't know what that story is. I'm not familiar. It was a waitress. So there was a cop in uh, Brooklyn. It was in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, maybe. I know they lived in Queens, Whatever, New York. but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was a regular at the restaurant and one day had her picked in half the numbers basically uh, jokingly told her that he'd give her half of it mm-hmm. he won six million dollars gave her three million but in real life they were both uh, married to other people and not miserable <laughs> <laughs> and not looking for an opportunity to yeah. you know hook up yeah boring I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that you know it if it was any other guy besides Good Noodle Nick, then uh, mm. what what he was doing would have been pretty sus, right? I mean, if- he just he just trying to he just trying to get with Yvonne. Yeah, I didn't understand. What if that was a, what if that was a, a couple bands? What? Maybe the original script really was that like they go through and they do the same things, but there's like there's no none of the sexual tension, and Nick's like, okay. Hear me out. What if I hook up with the bartender or with the, with the waitress? Like, why, Nick? I'm just saying, like, what if? Yeah. Is that a quid pro quo? 
<laughs> like, uh, I just remember thinking, you know, he was, he had convinced himself that he needed to tell her. And his wife was saying, no, just this once, you know, don't do it for someone else. Do it for us. And I just thought, is it really that big of a deal? I mean, you don't live in a small town. Is it just, just, you didn't, yeah, I mean, you said that you'd give her half of your winnings, but the difference is what you're telling me, Steve, is in real life, she picked the numbers or half the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't the case in the movie. Right. She had nothing to do with the numbers. And he was also a regular at that at that restaurant, so too. So I feel like... It, so it, he knew her well. Okay, true, true. Yeah. So it would have come out, yeah. yeah. Well, in real life, though, is what I'm saying. Okay. In the movie, he didn't. That's right. That, he was, wasn't, that was the place he had never been. He right. was his first time in there. Yes, thank you. So he, yeah. he could have just given her, you know, a couple grand to be nice. Yeah. And that would have made, like, the BuzzFeed and everything else Well, that's today. what he was going to do, though, right? That's what he was yeah. going to do. He did go in with the intention of that, but she, mm-hmm. like, started telling him all of her story. I mean, he, let, let's, just, let's just be real here. Let's just be real. If she was not young and attractive, would he have still been good on his word? He wouldn't have offered a tipper in the first place. <laughs> He wouldn't have like even entire, been yeah, in the diner. Getting, yeah, getting with her thrown. was the goal the whole time. Come That's on. That's what I'm saying. If, if she hadn't have been that, he would have just left. He would have been like, we're cops. It's coffee. Fucking yeah, deal with right, it. Right, yeah. It's New York, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give you a, a $1 tip for a cup of coffee. I'll, I'll come again sometime, all right? I'm a cop. I got more important things to do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it could happen to you. It could happen to any of you at any time. That's right. That's right. Except with Dogecoin mm. instead of lottery tickets. That would, so. yeah. That would be the modern to the day. Moon. I'm going to put $2,000 into Dogecoin. And whatever I have in a month, I'm going to give you 50%. But it's going to be crypto. And you're going to have to share it on Twitter. I don't know what else to say about the movie. Anything else? All right, so this now is the cage fight portion of this podcast episode. Fight! We're going to find out which of these two classic Nick Cage movies will be enshrined in our B Cage of Fame. Right now, I am going to a website that I've never gone to before, a randomizer, to see which of us three will go first. Yeah, Steve, Steve, the the Nicolas Cage randomizer has chosen you as the first to go and tell us which of these two movies should win this cage fight. So, really, if I had to choose, I would say it could happen to you. Yeah? So, like I said, the the biggest issue I have with uh, guarding Tess is that it didn't feel like a complete movie. It felt like there were a lot of elements lacking, a lot of things that were left unanswered. Um, And I also really liked the the unstable... I I liked the awkwardness of his character, I guess. And uh, it could happen to you. It felt like... um, It felt like the actual character from Vampire's Kiss without, you know, all the mental health issues. <laughs> I will agree with that. I did get some uh, Vampire's Kiss vibes, only yeah. not as many as I would have liked. 
Yeah, it's like the same awkward kind of guy, but, you know. Yeah. Stable. Alright, so Steve. So, it, it could happen yeah, to that's you. That's where I'm at. Okay. Sean, you're next. I'd, I'd just like to say that uh, the odds of winning the lottery are uh, 1 in 292,201,338. So, um, it, I highly. It's highly unlikely that it could happen to all yeah, of us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. False uh, advertising. True. Yeah. I don't know. It could, did you guys, not it will. Did, did you guys honestly like either of these movies? No. Yeah. I, not, I mean, not, neither one of them was like truly like, this is my top dollar. Um, this is my bidding fight to go into. But, these, uh, these are two movies that your mom will be like, oh yeah, I know Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I, I like his movies. I've seen, I've seen Guarding Tess. I've seen I, Cotton Club. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you guys do this. I don't know why you guys get on here and you know say mean things about him. I love him, and it could happen to you with Bridget Fonda. <laughs> that's that's really it. It's. Uh, it was made the both of these movies I think were made for a specific older audience and did what they they did what they needed to do I guess at that time but they weren't particularly stand out they I don't feel like either of them pushed Nicolas Cage I, I don't think either of these uh, had any influence on the movies that he's about to do you know, the, yeah. the face-off, the con air, you know, I, I think really Nick Cage probably feels the same about his roles that we feel about the movies. We're kind of tired of this era, and we're ready for the real gold to shine. That's my opinion. I'm, I'm just not that big a fan of rom-coms to begin with. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's about it, Sean. I don't think we have too many more coming up. But how many more uh, rated R bloody uh, thriller uh, movies do we have? Quite a few. That okay. was one piece of okay. news that I left out. Apparently, uh, Mom and Dad is coming to Netflix. Oh, Mom and Dad? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what did you choose, Sean? Yeah, I, th- I thought It Could Happen to You was more entertaining. I thought... I thought uh, Guardians of the Test Galaxy was a little, <laughs> a little dull. Yeah, but it, it had some cute moments. Yeah. Well, you know what, guys? I chose I chose Tess. I did, and it doesn't matter because you both ganged up on me and and beat me. I mean, again, Tess. Listen, listen to yourselves. Both these movies are lame, hard to sit through. Cage is is filtered. So I chose the one that's shorter. <laughs> and also, because it's in Ohio. So, yeah, all right. It's in Ohio. Sean, which one did you watch first? I watched Tess, yeah. and, uh, and and that one was about as long as your average Godzilla movie. Yeah. So uh, I was able to sit through that and then watch uh, Destroy All Monsters, which Good. is a far more entertaining film. I didn't 
I didn't see King Ghidorah in any of these movies alongside mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage. So, uh, yeah, but I think yeah. I think Shirley MacLaine was was kind of uh, channeling her inner kaiju in some scenes. That's true. So, the reason I ask is that my theory was I was watching uh, It Can Happen to to, to You. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, I was watching Guarding Test at the same time that, that Reese was watching It Can Happen to You. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the text of the chat was, how could you guys sit through this? Yeah. Which is exactly how I felt in the moment watching Guarding Test. <laughs> so my theory was that the one that we chose was actually the one that we watched first because we hadn't been drained yet. That's probably true. Yeah, we had we hadn't been primed. But Sean was the wild card there that actually chose the second one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I actually I thought Sean was gonna say uh, guarding Tess, but uh, I did too. You guys, you guys defeated me in this match, and so our winner for the um to fight for the the battle for the uh, B Cage of Fame is it could happen to you. I don't think that this has any chance in hell. I guess the other movies that uh, are coming up, right? Steve, do you think it has I'll, a chance? I'll make, sure re- I'll make sure to represent it in the season finale. So the next movie should be Trapped in Paradise, but we're actually going to save that for a holiday special because it is Christmas-themed. And the next two movies that we've got are Kiss of Death, right, versus The Rock? Yep. Okay. Man, that's going to be good. I really like The Rock. At least I did when I was a kid have you seen the rock man i can't remember i know i had to have but because i I know that you watched it a lot Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing it specifically at your house but i don't remember actually the movie itself cage fighter sean so long i i loved him in in skyscraper but have you seen (laughs) have you seen the rock i have not i'm actually really excited then I'm super pumped. Yeah. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Yeah. Is it grilled cheese? It might be. All you know. Right. Th- you know. There's. You know. There's a uh, a kaiju rom com with Anne Hathaway. I remember. I haven't seen it, but yeah. Have you seen it? It's good. What's Colossal. it called? Colossal. Colossal. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool name for a movie and then I was kind of disappointed on uh, the story but I'm sure it's it's not bad so do you want me to watch it Sean I I, I'd recommend it thanks for tuning in to this episode of late night cage fight stay tuned for more exciting episodes we've got the good movies of the golden age of cage coming up cage fighter Sean cage fighter Steve I appreciate it thanks for coming together to defeat me and guarding Tess. I pulled hard for that film, but in the end, it was it could happen to you. Uh, congratulations! This movie's not going to have uh, any chance to win our season finale, but um, oh well. Oh well, indeed. Rip. And we will see you next time for late night cage fight. Thank you very much, and good night. See ya. Hey everybody, it's Cage Fighter Reese again. Would you like your very own late night cage fight sticker? 
you can get one absolutely free with art designed by our in-house artist, Gabe Ryerson. All you have to do is share one of our episode posts on Facebook and send us a message through Messenger. You can send us your address either through Messenger or via email, and we will mail you your very own Late Night Cage Fight sticker for free. Thanks for listening, and take care. Do the